أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم يا الرحمن الرحيم صلى الله عليك يا أبا عبد الله صلى الله عليك يا سيدي ويا مولاي وابن مولاي يا ابن رسول الله ومؤمنا ما خاب والله من تمسك بكم وأمنا من لجأ والتجأ إليكم يا ليتنا يا ليتنا كنا معكم سادتي فنفوز فوزا عظيما قال الله تعالى في محكم كتابه الكريم وقوله الحق وهو أصدق الصادقين أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إنما يريد الله ليذهب عنكم الرجس أهل البيت ويطهركم تطهيرا As a gift to the soul of the seal of messengers, the beloved of Allah, Rasulullah, and his honorable and purified progeny, recite the second salawat. For Allah to shower onto this gathering with his infinite mercy and compassion to hasten the reappearance of Sayyidina wa Mawlana, Sahib al-Asri wa zaman recite the third salawat with the loudest of your voices. The more we look around us, the more we find it has become impossible for people to find a true, genuine sense of happiness. We live in a country where the vast majority of people possess everything which they one day believed would bring them to happiness. Yet, and the unhappiest and most ungrateful individuals are not the ones that don't possess much, are not the ones that are poor. Studies indicate that antidepressants arrive to the home of those who possess many things. Those who possess everything that they thought would bring them happiness. It is a common belief for people to believe that if I live in this home, 
If my home has a swimming pool, if my home has a tennis court, if I drive this vehicle, if I send my children to private school, if I have millions of dollars in my bank account that I will finally arrive at happiness, If I add 100 more subscriptions to what I already have, I will find happiness. But the truth of the matter, the feeling of unhappiness, uncontentment, grows by the day. Even amongst children and teenagers, with every single calamity that befell onto her, she did not give up. Her story is a beacon of hope. Her story is the path to contentment and resilience. She is the daughter of Ali, who lost everything that she had. In a single day, she lost everyone and everything beloved to her. She faced a defeat that has never been witnessed in the course of history. The afflictions that befell onto her have not been witnessed by anyone in the course of humanity, yet she grew with resilience, steadfastness. She became stronger with every single calamity that befell onto her, she did not give up. Her story is a beacon of hope. Her story is the path to contentment and resilience. She is the daughter of Ali. She is the daughter of Fatima. She is Zainab. Zainab the Great, Zainab the Magnificent, Zainab the Conqueror, Zainab the Leader, Zainab the Hero, Zainab the Granddaughter of the Seal of Messengers, Rasulullah Muhammad. I know many of you, if not every single one of you, have come across the tribulations that fell onto Zainab and what she had to go through. However, as I state a few of them, only a few of them, this time I want you to actually think about them. That's all. Picture them. That's all I ask of you. She witnessed the thirst in the camp of Imam al Hussein and the crying of the children, Al Atash, Al Atash. She witnessed her children killed and beheaded, her brothers killed, her nephews killed, her family annihilated. But it did not stop there. She was taken as a captive to the court of Ibn Ziyad. She was paraded from one city to another as an outlaw. She arrived to the gates of Damascus and she was kept there for three consecutive days on the back of a saddleless camel. Then they threw her in the ruins with the homeless folks. So you would think that this woman would be angry. She would be broken. She would be shattered. 
she would beg, she would cry, she would plead for mercy, she would say enough, she would question God. And this exactly was their plan. That by the time she arrived to Yazid, she would be broken. She would have nothing left in her. They kept the heads of her sons. And her beloved Hussein in front of her in the entire journey. So that's when she arrives to Yazid. Yazid would be able to quench his thirst in annihilating Rasulullah and the family of Rasulullah and the religion of Islam. When she arrived to the palace of Yazid, Yazid was reciting those lines of poetry, rejoicing. That he has defeated Hussein, he has defeated the son of Ali and Fatima, he has defeated the Rayhana and the beloved of Rasulullah. Ya layta ashiyakhi bi badrin shahidu. Where are my ancestors, my forefathers, who were defeated in the battle of Badr? Let them come and see what I have done now. Let them come and see how I have defeated those who brought defeat to them in Badr. They would tell me, good job, Ya Yazid. And as she came in, he asked, he said, who is she? They said, she is Aqila Zainab. She is Zainab? Immediately he took her. He looked at her. And he said to her, Ya Zainab. كَيْفَ وَجَدْتِ صُنْعَ اللَّهِ بِكِ وَبِأَخِيكِ وَبِآلِ أَبِي طَالِبِ How do you find what Allah has done to you, to your brother and to your family? Look at your miserable state. And he was waiting that Zainab breaks and pleads and cries. But yet Zainab surprised him. And she surprised humanity. And her one sentence and that punchline that she gave will echo in the ears of every single tyrant for the rest of humanity. In one line she destroyed Yazid. She said to him, Ma ra'aytu illa jameela. I did not see anything but beauty. Ya Yazid, if you talk about death and you intimidate us with death, everybody dies. Listen to this, brothers and sisters. Listen to this. This is why we are Husseini and Zainabi. She says, if you intimidate us with death, everybody dies. But our men die with honor. Our men? They die with honor. And soon you and your cronies will face Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the ultimate judge. Let me read some of the bravery of Zainab. The eloquence of Zainab in the courtyard of Yazid, especially for all those young brothers and sisters who may not know why is it that we commemorate Ashura? Why is it that I am here? I am here to tell you there is a story to be proud of. If you read about heroes in history and fairy tales, and non-fiction and fictions this is no fiction this is real she says to him ya yazid fakud kaydak do what you want to do yazid do whatever you can was'a sa'yak and put 
out all your endeavors. And go far and beyond and gathering your troops and your men. Wallah, you will not be able to eradicate our name. You will not be able to erase the name of Hussein. And you will not be able to put an end to the final revelation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You have made a big mistake, O Yazid, and your days are limited. Think of the day on the day of judgment where a call will come from the skies that eternal damnation befalls upon the Zalimeen. Listen to this. She read his plan. Throughout the journey, while others may have been complaining, while others may have given up, while others may have been contemplating suicide, Zainab was reading the plan of Yazid, the emperor of the time who had crushed them in Karbala. She says to him, Adhananta ya Yazid, do you really think ya Yazid? Do you think, Ya Yazid, that's by you taking us as prisoners of war and parading us from one city to another and taking us as outlaws across nations and cities? That you have scored a point with Allah and Allah is displeased with us? Is this how you determine whose side Allah is on? Why? Listen, this is a lesson for every single one of us, brothers and sisters. Today, if you see an external defeat... Don't go, say, don't go out there saying, Allah doesn't love me. Allah is not on my side. This is a punishment from Allah. Don't go telling people who are being tested, who are going through hardship, that Allah is punishing you. And if you see materialistic gain and victory, don't say, oh wow, Allah loves me so much. Look at my home, look at my business, look at my achievements. Amin al-Adl. This is what she says to the world, to the chambers of Yazid, to every single person who was sitting there. Amin al-Adl. Yabna Yazid, do you know who you are? You are the one. You and your entire clan was freed by my grandfather. When you were prisoners, my grandfather Rasulullah and Fath of Mecca freed every one of you. You are from the Tulaqa. Amin al-Adl. Now is it justice, Yabna Tulaqa? Is this your justice? That's what you do? Tahriruka harairuka wa imauka wa nisauk. You keep your woman free and protected and taken care of. But yet you take the family of Rasulullah as captives and you put them in the hands of the enemies. The question is, who can't be inspired by Zainab? Who 
Who can be inspired by Zainab? Every woman who has been abused can be inspired by Zainab. Every woman who is a single parent and struggling can be inspired by Zainab. Every woman who has lost a child can be inspired by Zainab. Every woman who has lost a brother can be inspired by Zainab. Every young woman who leaves her home off to college and she's all by herself and she feels lonely can be inspired by Zainab. Every woman who faces discrimination can be inspired by Zainab. Every woman who sees injustice can be inspired by Zainab. Yet, when the world today speaks of inspiration for women and humanity, where is the name of Zainab? Look at America today. There is one book that has become the inspiration for millions of people in America. Presidents are talking about this book. Prime ministers are talking about this book. CEOs are talking about this book. It has sold more than 10 million copies in America. What is the story of the book? It's called The Educated. Some of you may have read this book. It speaks of a journey of a young Mormon girl born and raised in America. She's born into a family where her parents believe it's the end of time. Therefore, they ran away to some remote location. They did not engage with anyone. This little girl was not born in a hospital. She was born in her home. She didn't have a birth certificate. She never went to school. They got into a fatal car accident. She was not allowed to go to a hospital. She suffered from a concussion. Her mother was the family doctor doing prayers on them. Yet this girl managed to get into Cambridge and finally graduating with a PhD from Harvard. This has become the most inspirational story for America. I'm not undermining the story. I'm not saying the story is not inspirational. This story has sold, sold 10 million copies around the world. How many millions of copies of book will the story of Zainab sell? Who is to be blamed? Us, the lovers of Zainab, the followers of Zainab, those who attribute themselves to Zainab. What have we done? Why is it that today when you go to airports, Barnes and Noble, and every bookstore you find the educated, but you don't find the story of Zainab on bookshelves? Why is it that it's not a bestseller around the world? Why is it that it's not on the top list of Amazon's bestseller books? The story of Zainab. The greatest story of inspiration in human history. I am here to make a claim. Alongside every lover and follower of Zainab. For the entire humanity. That on the 10th of Muharram. Imam al-Hussein and his camp were annihilated. They were beheaded and they were left deserted in the desert of Karbala. And the reason why today, as we sit here in the past 24 hours and for the next 10 days, more than 20 million majalis are going around the world. Speaking of Hussein, in every single language around the world, and every single year, more than 20 million people walk towards the shrine of Hussein. 
And the reason why me and you sit here to commemorate Imam al Hussein, Zainab lays claim to that victory after the defeat. That 56-year-old woman who, like I said, lost everything that she had and she was defeated as responsible for this revolution. This journey of inspiration. And I am here to speak of her accolades tonight, very briefly, of her most inspirational story, but I'll make it brief. Only three lessons from the life of Zainab. Only three points from the life of Zainab, Al-Kubra. Number one, Al-Sayyida Zainab, Al-Aqila Zainab, resembles submissiveness to Allah. Acceptance of Allah's decree. Not questioning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And let me lay out this for you in a layman's terms. Once we're overwhelmed with difficulty, once it becomes overburdensome, once we can't handle it, whatever it is, we start blaming God. You put me through this marriage, speaking to God. You let me get that divorce. You gave me a bad child. You gave me the illness. You gave me a bad child. You let me fail as a parent. Because it's the easiest thing to do, right? To blame God. And that's how we run away from responsibility. That's how we're not able to manage crisis. But what did Zainab do? The exact opposite. Zainab thanked Allah for the opportunity. And Zainab prayed to Allah for strength. That's what Zainab did. Brothers, sisters, we all go through difficulty. We all go through pain. Life is full of difficulties. However, let us ask ourselves, do we deal with them the same way that Zainab dealt with her difficulties? Do we manage through them the same way that Zayyida Zainab managed? Do we try to turn our difficulties and the most difficult moments of our lives into moments of victory? Zainab tells me and you that is possible. And not once did she question Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not once did she complain. In fact, if you read the ziyarah of her brother, Abel Fadl Abbas, you find that the greatest quality in Zainab and Abbas are the following. Assalamu alayka, ayyuhal abdul salih, yabna amir al-mu'mineen, al-muti'u. 
Al-muti'u lillah. What does that mean? We are greeting Abu al-Faddal Abbas. We send our salutations to him saying, you are muti' to Allah. You submitted to Allah. You did not question Allah. Al-muti'u lillahi wa li rasulihi. You looked for that which Rasulullah wants from you. Brothers and sisters, and everything that you do in life, the first question that you ask yourself is this. Will Allah be pleased? Will Rasulullah be pleased? Will the Imam of my time be pleased? That's all. And if the answer is yes, you close your eyes and you proceed. Don't be intimidated by anybody. This was Sayyidah Zainab. On the 10th of Muharram, when they burned down the tents, she ran to whom? To Zainul Abideen. He is the Imam now. Oh, my Imam, who is her nephew? What should we do? And Imam Zainul Abideen says, Ya Amma, alaykum bil firar. Oh, my Aunt Zainab, run away. Take the children. She didn't tell him, oh, Zainul Abideen, why? I have here, you are ill, you are in the tent. No. She did not question the command of her imam. She did that which the imam told her to do. And many of us today, brothers and sisters, we start hyperventilating. We start panicking over very small things. Many of you have probably come across individuals. Oh, I don't know what to do. I don't know what, to, what happened. I left the food in the oven. Left the food in the oven? Haven't you heard of DoorDash? Haven't you heard of Uber Eats? It's not the end of the world. Don't make your problems bigger than what they are. Or for example, some people will tell you, I didn't get into the school that I wanted. I didn't get into medical school. You can make this issue a very big issue, but you can also make it something insignificant and say it's not a big deal. Enjoy your freedom. You have one more year of freedom. Enjoy the world. And then try again next year. It's not the end of the world. I lost my job. What will I do? I'm going to lose everything. No, you're not. Give up the Range Rover. Drive a Honda Civic. It's not the end of the world. Life goes on. Don't make your problems bigger than what they are. Compare your problems and your calamities to Sayyidah Zainab. See if they have any significance left. And since the birth of social media, many people they have anxiety and stress every single day. You know why? Because somebody left some mean comment for them. Somebody, some coward somewhere wrote something against them. And they're agitated and they're scared and they're frightened and they're going through depression. And What's the big deal? In fact, you know who is the miserable one? The miserable one is the one sitting behind the phone and the screen and writing this nonsense. The accusations and the lies. Wasting their time and their energy. And accusing you. You move on with your life. Focus on your mission in this short-lived life. Don't waste your time trying to defend yourselves. 
You know the Prophet Yusuf? He was a prophet of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He was as innocent as, as it could get. What did his brothers do to him? They took him as an innocent young man and they threw him in the well. Then they sold him as a slave. And then he went to prison and then he went to Zulaikha's home and there was an ordeal there. And then when he left and he became the most powerful man in Egypt, what did he do? Did he say, get me that Zulaikha and my brothers, I'm going to teach them a lesson? Did he do that? Why is chapter 12 mentioned in the Quran? For me and you to read a story about Yusuf and Zulaikha? No. Yusuf and his brothers? No. For me and you to seek lessons, real lessons. He got to work. This life is too short. And then he gave the responsibility of his defense to the eyes that never shut. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. لا تأخذه سنة ولا نوم. Allah does not snooze. Allah does not sleep. Allah does not forget. You will not do anything that will not be witnessed and recorded by the Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and tell them what Sayyidah Zainab told Yazid and his cronies. That soon you will be held responsible in the courts of the Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And there no one can run away. Learn submissiveness from Zainab. Contentment from Zainab. Brothers and sisters, it's not about how much I accumulate it's not about this big home to a bigger home, this luxury vehicle to another luxury vehicle. That will not ensure you happiness. The relationship of acceptance and ubudiyah will bring you happiness. That Ya Allah and Rabb. You are the Rabb. You are the creator. You are the one in control. And I am the Abd. And I accept your decree. Number two, from the qualities of Ummul Masa'ibi Zainab, is sabr, patience. And I tell you, brothers and sisters, in America, in this country, where me and you live very comfortably, soon no one will have patience. We won't know what sabr is. Ask me why. I'll tell you why. Because just a few years ago, if you needed to do groceries, you get up, you sit in your car, you go to Walmart, you buy your groceries, and you come home. Today, what do you do? You buy your groceries online, and they del get delivered to your doorsteps. Not just groceries. You want to buy furniture? You want to buy a couch? You want to buy a TV? Order online. They will deliver it and assemble it for you at home. Back in the day, for you to buy a car, you would actually go to a dealership, test drive a few cars. Today, if you want to pay less and spend less time finding a vehicle, you shop for it online. And it gets delivered to your home. And guess what? If you didn't like any of the things that you purchased, you return them. And they pick them up for free. This has turned us spoiled. And I mean spoiled like how the milk goes spoiled. Now, anything that happens in our life, especially our children, especially the youth, they're frustrated. There is no sense of patience. There is no sense of sabr. Especially when the parents want to make sure that they give every single possible means of comfort and tranquility to their children. Spoiling their children, just like milk goes spoiled. Now, as soon as something comes up, a difficulty, things don't go my way, 
Do I have sabr? Do I have patience? Oh, no, 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 I don't have patience. And guess what? Life will always find a way to mess with your label. Life will always find a way to give you a buzzkill. Life will always find a way to show you its difficulty. And we have to be ready to face that difficulty. And who is there to inspire us of how to manage and how to have sabr like Al-Aqil Zainab? Let me just give you one glance, one glance from what she had to go through. When people and individuals fell as martyrs in Karbala, who would go and give them solace? Who would break the news to them? Who would give them patience? Who would give them sabr? Sayyidah Zainab. She would go to their tents with Imam al Hussein. She would offer her condolences. She would give them solace. She would sit with them. But there was a moment when all of Bani Hashim had gone to the battlefield except her two sons, Aun and Muhammad. And what did she say? She says, Oh, Aun and Muhammad, stand up. What kind of mother does this? Stand up and it is time for you to stand in defense. Not your uncle. The imam of your time. Today we have not taught our children to greet the imam of their time. To pay the dues to the imam of their time. To serve the imam of their time. As Sayyidah Zainab, your role model, says stand up Aun and Muhammad it is time for you to be a sacrifice for the imam of your time when they fell as martyrs who was there to give solace to Zainab no one in fact she went and she put down the tent of Aun and Muhammad and then she went to Imam al-Hussein she says ya Aba Abdullah oh the imam of my time are you pleased with me are you happy with me? Are you content with me? This is why she's been given the title of the mountain of patience. Mountain of patience. You know how mountains are created? They're one rock on top of another. One rock on top of another. And Zainab, since her childhood, they threw rocks at her life. What did she witness with her father? with the burning of the house of her mother, with Al-Muhsin, her brother, with the janazah of her brother, Hassan. And on the 10th of Muharram, life had thrown pebbles and rocks at Zainab until she had become a mountain, but nobody can shake a mountain. Nobody can move a mountain. And my message to you, brothers and sisters, especially the young folks, your happiness will not come to you by just merely every single day hanging out with your friends, going to a shisha cafe, wasting your life, playing PlayStation, playing Xbox. As soon as that's done, you're going to be bored again. You're not going to feel a sense of contentment in your life. Don't be fooled. You have to have patience inside of you. You have to have sabr inside of you to overcome boredom, to overcome difficulties. And your happiness does not, is not held in the hands of your father or your mother or your auntie or your cousin or your math teacher or your high school teacher or your Romeo or your Juliet. Your happiness is in your hands. You are the manufacturer of your happiness. The keys to your happiness are in your hands. But no happiness will come knocking at your door without sabr, without patience. And finally, third quality of Sayyidah Zainab.
And with this I conclude that Sayyida Zainab was the protector of her family. She was family-centric. The most important thing in her life was her family. After she heard Imam al-Hussein speaking of his own eulogy on the eve of the 10th, when he was sharpening his sword, she says to him, Ya Aba Abdullah, Ya Aba Abdullah, you're reciting your own eulogies? She says, Oh Zainab, how can I not? When this world has not left me with friends, has not left me with supporters. Yes, here I am reciting my own eulogies. She says to him, Ya Aba Abdullah, Give your wasiya to me. He says, Zainab, Zainab, your responsibility are the women, the children, the orphans. And as Sayyida Zainab makes sure that she runs after those orphans. Their garments were set on fire. She runs after them. She protects them. And if you are a woman, if you are a mother, if you are a sister, if you are a daughter, if you are an auntie, if you are a grandmother, and you're listening to me, I'm going to make it brief. You are free to become a CEO and an executive and a manager and the most powerful physician and attorney. But if you choose to be a hero, there is a way for you to become a hero, a true hero. Know that your value in the house and the family is irreplaceable. No family will survive without the love of a mother. No family will survive without the wisdom of a grandmother, the compassion of a sister, the advice of an auntie, your family needs you. And if you touch the life of your family members because this is a gift bestowed upon you from Allah, you will become a hero just like the hero of Karbala, Sayyida Zainab. Now let us take our hearts, our souls, and our minds all the way to Bainul Haramain. On one side there is the haram of Hussein, and on one side there is the haram of Qamar Bani Hashim Abal Fadl Abbas. I want you, brothers and sisters, to give freedom to yourself tonight, meaning free yourself. Raise your voice. Let the tears flow. Show your love to the Ahlul Bayt, your solidarity with Rasulullah. You know what they say about the first majlis? I'll tell you what they say about the first majlis. In a night like this, in a day like this, on the first of Muharram, you know what our narrations tell us? The Ahlul Bayt, you know what they tell us? They tell us that the heavenly angels Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar Allah raises within the heavens the shirt of Hussein stained in its blood and the heavenly angels begin to weep Hussein and cry for Hussein they raise the kameez of Hussein that is stained and his blood in the heavens by the arsh of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then the job of the residents of the heavens and the malaika becomes to cry for Hussein and to weep for Hussein what else do they say about the first majlis they say in the very first majlis her mother his mother Fatima al-Zahra is the one that greets you 
She's the one that says ahlan to all those that are here to mourn my son Hussein. Cry for my son Hussein. Weep for my son Hussein. Who else is there, brothers and sisters? Allahu Akbar. Those are not my words. They are the words of Imam al-Sadiq, Imam al-Baqir, Imam al-Rida. That in every single majlis, and specifically the first majlis, they write the names. Those were the first people that came. Those people hastened to the remembrance of Hussein, to the Aza of Hussein. They didn't say, well, let two, three days pass and then I'll join. No, they were the first to join. As his grandfather, Rasulullah. Allahu Akbar. Are we in a majlis where Rasulullah is there, Fatima is there, Imam Ali is there? But more importantly, brothers and sisters, I tell you that every single majlis is visited by the Imam of our time. Al-Imam Al-Mahdi, We ask him, Ya Aba Salih, where are you? Are you here to glance at us? Are you in Medina? Are you in Najaf? Or are you now sitting between Bainul Haramain and crying for your grandfather, Aba Abdullah, where he says, Ya Jaddah, Ya Aba Abdullah, La'andubannaka sabahan wa masa'an wa la'abkiyannaka badala dumu' Oh my grandfather Hussein, I cry for you every day, every morning and every night. And I shed tears of blood for you, Ya Hussein. For those who have hajat, for those who are here to show their love to Hussein, all of us, we release our voice, like I said, on this first night all the way to Karbala. Ya Sayyidana wa Maulana Inna tawajjahna Brothers, sisters, sisters with Zainab, we just talked about Zainab. All of us together release your voice there is a number here of individuals that can shake this building. So let us from the first night show our love to Hussein. That Ya Aba Abdullah, we are your soldiers. We are your Azadar. We are here to mourn you. Ya Sayyidana wa Maulana inna Brothers and sisters in the back. One more time. Ya wajihan Before we say it the third time, I'll just say this. Those who want to be in Karbala, Arba'een. Huh? Write your name. Those who have hajat. Those who know that the key to their mashakil and their hajat is Sayyid al-Shuhada'i Aba Abdullah. Those who have ill ones, those who have family problems, release your voice for the third time. Ya wajihan Yes, like I said, on a night like this, we come to give solace and our condolences to his mother Fatima. Let me read those lines of poetry that usually they recite in Karbala on those nights. I will translate them for you, then we will talk about what is usually talked about on a night like this. 
أفاطم لا وخلت الحسين مجدلا All of those who can recite with me, raise your voice. أفاطم لا وخلت الحسين مجدلا وقد ما تعطشانا بشاط فراتي إذا للطمت الخد فاطم عنده وأجريت دمع العين في الوجنات The poet says, oh Fatima, if only you were there on the 10th of Muharram, what would you do when you see your son Hussein? As he fell into that ditch, without anyone to come to his rescue, oh Fatima, maybe you would have gone to the bleeding nook of Hussein, take some of that, that blood and you maybe you would have put it on your face and your hair so that it could be a witness for you on the day of judgment by giving this qurbani fi sabilillah. Yes, and on this day, they normally discuss the arrival of Bani Hashim, the arrival of Imam al-Hussein and his camp to the city of Karbala. The camp arrived, Imam al-Hussein got to Karbala and his horse would not move. So he said, give me another horse. They gave him another horse, it would not move. Then someone offered a camel. They said, maybe the horses are tired. They gave him a camel and it, it would not move. So he then said, go and ask, what is the name of this land? They said, it is Naynawa. قال هل لها اسم آخرون Does it have another name? قالوا كربلا They said كربلا He raised his hand He says أعوذ بالله من كربها وبلائها ها هنا تقتل رجالنا he says, I seek refuge to Allah and all the calamities that will befall unto us. Here our men will be killed. Here our youngsters will be slain. Here we will die thirsty next to the Euphrates. Here our women will be taken as captives. Allahu Akbar, this was the day of their arrival. And there was a day where Zainab had to leave Karbala. But how did she leave? She looked at the Euphrates and the bodies of our brother Hussein, our brother Abbas, our family. She looked towards Medina. She said, Ya Rasulallah, Ada Habibuk al Hussein. مخضبون بالدماء مسلوب العمامة والرداء يا حسين This is your beloved Hussein يا رسول الله This is your beloved Hussein stained in his blood and we are about to leave him on the sands of Karbala May Allah have mercy on those tears. Let us raise our hands to the Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Saluka Allahumma wa nad'uka wa nuqsimu alayka bismika al-azim al-a'zam al-a'zam al-a'azil al-ajalil al-akram. Ten times, brothers and sisters. The hadith says that the angels come and take a look at a gathering of more than 40 people. And if all of them wholeheartedly believe that Allah is the one that grants their hajat. The malaika says, grant them all their hajat. Ten times. Ya Allah, Ya Allah, Ya Allah. 
Every man and woman in this majlis with a sin, forgive our sins. All of you say Ameen. With a sin, forgive our sins. O oh Allah, with an illness, shower on to us from your cure. With a haja, give us our hajat. O oh Allah, write our names amongst the za'ireen of Imam al Hussein. Write our names amongst those who walk towards the shrine of Hussein this Arba'een. O oh Allah, grant us the love of Hussein, the shafa'ah of Hussein. Hasten the reappearance of the twelfth and the son of Hussein. O oh Allah, send the thawab of this majlis to the soul of all of the mu'mineen around the world. The soul of those who are here and the soul of our, the, the beloved soul of the families of our sponsors. Let us recite Surah Al-Mubarakat Al-Fatiha Ma'as-Salawat.